You're listening to Comedy Central. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. Happy Friday to you. Um, in complete uh, honesty, I have tried to start this podcast about 14 times and I just kept hitting a dead end. And then uh, my friend Anya Marina called me and I was like, will you do a podcast with me? Because I'm really struggling uh, doing this on my own. And I don't even think I said that to you, but that's what I meant. And you were like, sure, let me set up my mic. And then I was like, okay, I'll tape an intro and then I'll have you on the second half. And then I was like, so like, give me 12 minutes. And then I, in that 12 minutes, I tried to four more times to record a beginning. Really? And I just kept, yeah, I just, I would be, I would be cruising along and then I would say one dumb thing and I couldn't forgive myself and I would have to start over. Oh, see, I didn't know you were like a self-editor. I just think of you as like a fly by the seat of your pants kind of gal. Well, that's the problem is I don't know how to edit like actual audio. So I can't just like, if I'm talking for five minutes and it's great, and then I say one dumb thing, I don't know how to take it out. And I'm too embarrassed for Noah to hear, even one person, <laughs> my producer, to hear how dumb that thought was that I, then I have to start over. I record voice memos to myself like throughout the day. And like sometimes I'll, you know that New York Times 33 questions thing, like how to fall in love with 33 questions? Yeah, yeah, it's that's intense. So one of them is like, do you ever plan out a call? to someone like do you ever take notes on a phone call wait um, on a phone call or before a phone or call? before a phone call do you ever take notes before okay. you make an important call and that's one of like the icebreaker questions that helps people fall in love um but I was thinking about it and I was like I do like when I get nervous I will sometimes do a voice memo to myself to record a message and I'm like horrified at how I sound so often that I'm like, how do I ever leave voicemails for people? Yeah, I totally um, don't do that. I don't listen to myself. I've never done that. My answer to that 33 question would be, I would I'd never prepare for one. I was thinking about starting a podcast recently and I was like, how would it go? And then I just started recording something and I was like, this is horrible. It's just me like, hey guys, mind you, I have 10 years of radio experience under my belt, but it's just- Oh, it's brutal. And when you, and that's the thing is like, if it does help when I am, when I'm doing a solo one, like, cause sometimes I'll do solos while my guests are waiting and just having people watching makes me not second guess myself and I just have to go. But when it's up to me to then do it alone, I can sit here for hours just trying to record 10 minutes because I just keep fucking it up and I start over and I don't even, I, and then I start over and I start talking about something completely different than I was talking about before. So it's like, it's a whole new thing that I haven't practiced and it becomes an issue again because it's new. And then I start over. It's like, it, it's just an endless cycle of self-judgment. And I was just, it's so funny. I was on one of those failed podcasts. I was just talking about that. No one will ever hear. <laughs> I was just talking about listening to yourself and how, painful that is. And I will take back what I just said about your 33 questions thing, because I do, like, if I'm having a business call or something, I will not practice it because that is just uh, like a pitch meeting. Like I had, I have a lot to say about this, but I had a pitch meeting yesterday for my, um, or two days ago for my Netflix show or not Netflix, hopefully fingers crossed Netflix, maybe some other network that will, I'll be very happy to be on. If you're listening. listening. (laughs) Um, but we pitched to Netflix, we pitched to NBC and we have a bunch of more pitches. And um, we had a little call beforehand on Monday. We pitched on Tuesday, but we had a call on Monday to like go over it with the production company and with, which was fine. And um, they were just the same as me. They're like, it's a little bit good. So you'll just, we'll toss to you. Then you'll say your thing. And then we'll say this thing. I'll set you up. You just talk about what you want. And there was no, 
usually when I'm going to pitches, when I pitched my Comedy Central show, Not Safe, with my ex-boyfriend, um, he like made us run it so many times and practice it. When I pitched with Sarah Schaefer, my MTV show, so many times and practice it. When I pitched another show with Lizzie Cooperman, we, uh, she made me rehearse so many times. I hate rehearsing so much. I like winging it, but rehearsing actually works. Like there were things I did on the first call with Netflix that I was like, God, I wish I would have just had two times to, I wish I would have done that and made that mistake the first time instead of on the actual call, but whatever it is. I relate so much. It's the same with guitar playing. Like I will stress about a show so much that I lose sleep over it. And then if I just like make a little plan every day, like 10 minutes a day, just 10 minutes a day. Cause I'm not one of those people that loves playing guitar. Like Matt, my boyfriend loves it every day. He can play for hours a day. I can't stand it. But once I start practicing and I just like go through those few grueling days, then I start getting pumped. I'm like, Oh, I'm getting good. Like this show's actually going to be good, but I cannot stand practicing. It's, it's, it's the hardest thing to actually do the work. And I think that is the crisis I'm having right now is because I reached a stage in my career where I did not have to do the work during the day before a show, looking at my notes, writing down jokes. I just was so busy. I would wake up and do the radio show. And then I was running around all day doing different things. I didn't carve out time in my day to like actually put in work to stand up. And then I went back and I listened to a goddamn set from the last set I did in Houston. You were on that tour. Yeah. Felt like I had a great set. I remember that show being fantastic. I went back and listened to it and it is, I am so embarrassed by it and it's, it's fine. Like it was what it was. I'm forgiving myself for it and people enjoyed it. So that's okay. No complaints. I, people didn't ask for their money back. Um, but that is not what I want to be putting out there. And it was really painful to hear. I'm not like beating myself up by saying that it's just not as good as I can do. It just isn't. And I, I got lazy and now I've started this new thing where like I wake up in the morning, I, I have like, I, I'm, I'm going to try eventually to have a routine that lasts every single day the same way and can deviate here and there. But like, because when I start my morning and I have, I journal, I have a journal entry I do every morning based off of a reading that's in like a daily reader type thing. And I've done it for a week now. It's so helpful to just get all my thoughts out, feel like I accomplished something, like quote unquote, made my bed. A lot of people make their bed to feel accomplished in the morning. I don't really need to make my bed because I don't use a lot of my bed. I just like put the cover back over and then it's made. So it doesn't really feel like accomplishing much. But doing these journal entries and then I go to a coffee shop and I sit and I work for like three hours, whatever that looks like. But I try to like at least work on some jokes, open up a tab that I don't want to open in Google Docs of a document I don't want to open and just about, about a joke. Drink. What? I thought you were talking about a soft drink. Open up a open tab. A tab. <laughs> so I go to a bar and I open a tab. Have burners. Burners? Do you guys have that in Missouri? Yeah, it's like ginger ale. Yeah, nobody knows burners except like people in Michigan and sort of the Midwest, I guess. Verner. Like super spicy ginger ale. It's the best. Yeah, I, I, why is ginger ale only something that most people drink on planes? I know. <laughs> That's real. I know. Or like at a, yeah, you're right. You don't like get a vodka ginger ale. No. And vodka tonics, can we just talk about are disgusting? Yes. Like they're truly disgusting. And it's anyone, so gross. they t- go through a tonic phase where I was like, tonic is great for like and a year. Did you look at the sugar content at one point and go, did your eyes fall out of your fucking head? Yeah. What is quinine? Is that what's in it? Yeah. I don't know. Quinine. Is it I, toxic? 
Vodka tonics feel vodka to- toxic. <laughs> They're disgusting. I can't believe I, I was used to drink those because I just thought it was a thing that you do. And then I realized I don't want to give anyone any tips, but like the sugar content of a tonic is disgusting. It doesn't even taste sugary. It just tastes like, tastes, it's hard to swallow. It's not good. It doesn't make alcohol taste any better. But vodka sodas, man, with yeah. some lemon. Eventually, that was my drink. That's eventually every fucking basic bitch's drink. What was the another like another gross drink of mine that I did when I was young? I didn't know any better. It was a B fifty two? Do you remember that? Um, no, I do not. But I'm gonna find out. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Rock love. It's Bailey's Grand Marnier and um, Kahlua. It's horrible. It's just all hard liquor but it like makes this striation like it's like dark brown light brown and then cream and it's delicious i mean it yeah it's all like it's like an sugar. ice cream sundae but yeah i was like why am i gaining weight when i was 19 that's all i ever drank oh my god yeah it's like frappuccinos oh man i loved frappuccinos oh People- yeah you don't have those anymore they don't have a vegan frap no they don't i mean i was kind of like i would still get them here and there when i um when they still had light syrup like the diet syrup. And then I, I couldn't justify it anymore once they took that away. I just, I can't believe people drink those drinks. God, I One just those, went like, to Atlanta. Uh, I did a crazy drive up and back, down and back uh, to see my sister for her birthday. And I just kept thinking like, where would I stop to, if I stop anywhere? Cause we're in the middle of a pandemic. So I don't want to stop. Like I heard truck stops aren't even really safe. So I was thinking about Starbucks and I was dreaming about Frappuccinos, but hey, I didn't why aren't truck stops safe? Just wear a mask inside. I peed in a bottle in the back of my rental what? car nine times. Anya, just stop at a gas station and go pee. It was fun. What, what, what is, okay, that is being, I'm sorry, but there's some, there's some median here where it's like, wearing, <laughs> we, if you wear a mask indoors, you're going to be okay. I did find a really clean gas station in, um, in North Carolina, and I thanked the man, and he, I was like, thank you, it was just, it was like a hospital grade But bathroom. if you just use paper towels to open doors, and or your sleeve, and don't touch anything, you're not going to get COVID, I mean, don't you think that's a little bit extreme, or no? Yeah, but I just didn't want to go into, like, most rest stops are just these huge things with all these families, and it's gross, and you just have to deal with children, and I, so I have this vase with a really wide mouth, and I just peed in it, and it was great. It was great. Wasn't it, was it hard great. at first to do, to get comfortable? It wasn't. Uh, I mean, yeah, a little bit, but I felt like a Boy Scout afterwards. I was like, this is liberating. Why don't we get to do this all the time? It was God. so clean. I, I have a having this reaction to this, but I think that is so insane that you wouldn't go in gas stations. Like, why? I mean, I, I I'm, not, I'm not an anti-masker. Like, I love masks, but I just feel like we're overreacting. If you wear a mask and you wash your hands, what's... Do you know the science that the, it can get to you? No, it was more like I was in a rush and I just didn't want to stop at places. And I'm like, I just want to get to Atlanta. And like, I don't want to go into a place that's overrun with families. By the way, didn't but what's see anybody wrong with wearing families? No one's wearing masks in the South. But if it, you're wearing a mask, doesn't that, isn't that yes. a reason? Yes, it helps. But it's just so much faster. It really cut down on my driving time. And it was fun. in a vase. <laughs> or I guess you have to call it a vase. You can't call it a vase once you're... I would like to. Like, suctioning your puss to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did, what, if you, what did you do with the vase? I, was it kind of fun to see your pee? 
and hold it? Yes, it is. It's it's shocking how much liquid your body can hold. Oh my god! Yeah, you think you think you're not even gonna fill that thing up, but it fills up quickly. Whenever you do a it was this example, big. Yeah. Like, so it's like a foot and and it's like 14 inches high and like yeah. that like five inches wide. Oh, like a log. <laughs> a vase like log. a big log. Yeah. yeah. Did and you probably just... logs in that vase either? What did you do to poop? <laughs> Definitely thought about it. That's did you when poop? I went. <laughs> oh, that's when you went that clean gas station. Yeah. Oh my God. We're living on the coast and nothing will set you straight like driving through the United States of America in the heartland. I mean, Georgia is one of the highest, one of the states with the highest cases. We went hiking. No one is wearing masks at all. Tons of families, like zero concern. Every gas station I stopped at, nobody's wearing a mask. They all looked at me like I was crazy. Yeah. Like they looked at me like there was something wrong with me. I I performed on stage last night with a mask for 45 minutes, had a mask covering my face and the audience did not have masks on, which I don't even care at this point. Like I used to feel bad about like, oh, I shouldn't do shows because what if someone catches COVID at my show? If you're going and if you wear a mask, you're not going to catch fucking COVID. If you wear a mask during the show, if you don't, okay, well, you're putting yourself at risk. It's not my fault. And I'm not making money off these shows. So I'm not going to feel bad. I'm wearing a mask on stage. How could you sit in the audience and watch someone on stage who you trust enough to spend money to go hear talk and hear their thoughts and see them wearing a mask and not put yours on? But people just don't want to wear them. And then after the show, fans are coming up to me and wanting to like a a couple, most of them were just great and wearing masks and were so respectful and everything. But some were just trying to like drunk grab me and not without a mask on and just get close to me. And it was just like, they just, I saw a girl today at Starbucks because I found a Starbucks that I can work inside because Missouri's not taking it seriously. So I literally sit in a Starbucks for hours every morning in other coffee shops around the St. Louis metro area um, inside with a mask on. And am I crazy? Am I going to catch it? You're wearing a mask. So no. But then why didn't you go into a gas station? Because I wanted to hurry up. That's so... Really? It's because you yeah. wanted to hurry? It's because I wanted to hurry up and I was kind of like, yeah, I just want to be free. Like, I don't want to deal with a place that doesn't have a gas. Like if I pull over, it's 15 minutes to fill up my gas tank and then do I have to wait in line? What if it's disgusting? I mean, I've just been on the road for so long with all these just seeing disgusting gas stations. It was honestly a relief. Yeah. to just. And be it was not. kind of fun just to be like, I can't believe I can do this. I know. One time I was stuck, stuck in traffic and it was so bad. Me and my sister were driving back from Cincinnati one time and it was like standstill traffic on a highway in the middle of fucking nowhere. And it was hours and hours and I had to pee into a cup. And it's really hard to get your body to like do it at first. (laughs) At first your body is just like, no, your sister's watching. There's a guy walking his dog in the median. You can't do this. And then you just get, then you just fucking let it crank. And then you can do it, but you got to get used to it. It's so, it's weird to pee anywhere, but a toilet. Have you ever accidentally almost sat down on a toilet lid? That's down and yes. pissed on a lid. Yes. Yes. One time I had a girl staying at my apartment and she would not get out of the bathroom and, it, and I was dying to go. And I, I just peed into Starbucks venties in my bedroom. And it felt Oh so my wrong. God. It felt so wrong. I'm really saying too much on this. No, but that's what you had to do because she wouldn't get out. I mean, <laughs> yeah. That's insane. Were you so mad at her? Yes, but Airbnb. also at myself. <laughs> yeah. I mean, thankfully you had two venties. You it's always just... have two venties though. 
You always have like two big venti teas. Yes, they double cup them. But no, I was just shocked at how much liquid came out of me. So that's why I brought the huge log vase. Yeah. On this trip. Yeah, you knew that it's going to be a lot more than you think it's going to be. We're going to go to break because um, I have to. And then we're going to come back and have more fun uh, discussion with my best friend, Anya Marina. And we're back. It's you up with Nikki Glazer and uh, back with Anya Marina, um, who just got back from Atlanta, a, a drive in which she peed into a vase for most of the way, <laughs> um, for all of the way. So my dad and I sang our song last night, um, which is really good. Brought down the fucking house. People loved it. Oh my God, be- I want to hear it. You're going to hear it if you come to my show this weekend. Yes, I can't yeah, wait. Yeah, it's good. We, I've been taking singing lessons. Did I tell you that? Yes. Yeah, it's been really um, good. And uh, we killed it last night. And no one's going to remember. If I, no matter what my act is, no one's going to give a shit. Like, they're going to remember the song my dad and I did. Like, people freaking loved it. And it, he was really funny and, and on. And it was just like, it was a really fun moment for us together. And then we came home. We had a good, we had a good night last night. My dad and I were just like hanging out. My mom went to bed early because she's been working a ton. And, um, and then my dad and I just like stayed up and watched TV. We watched, uh, like I said, Stephen Colbert, who has been great covering all this stuff. We had such a good monologue last night. If you guys want to check it out, it was Thursday's episode or no, it was uh, Wednesday's episode of, of, of um, the Colbert show. It was just like very moving about everything in Kenosha and about um, just the state of the world. Um, which I'm getting off on a tangent again. So my dad and I came home and we were in such a good mood because we just like had both killed. And he was like, I've never just gone up, you know, into a room that was already like so full of energy. Like, that's so cool that you get to do that. Like, he just usually performs at bars where everyone's like talking and not listening. And he was just like, they just like were ready. And I was like, I was like, oh yeah, I forgot that that's like what happens. And like when I, when you get to perform comedy, like people are paying attention and actually like, you know, like you, you've played music forever. Like, do, do you, are you used to people just paying attention? Or are you used to being talked over? Oh my God. I know exactly what your dad's talking about. I mean, those are the worst gigs where it's, it's not like where there isn't a built-in crowd or a walk-up crowd. Like you're used to playing rooms where either it's all your fans or it's fans of comedy. So, you know, right. people are ready to laugh, to listen. You know, there's one of my worst gigs ever was in Troy, New York. I had a I was on some weird radio tour, like touring radio stations and playing songs from my second album. And I had, they were like, oh, we found you a gig at a bar on the way and it'll help pay for the trip. And I get there and it's like, it's a fucking sports bar. Everyone's eating buffalo wings. There's no stage. It's like, oh my God. it's like a little welcome mat in a corner of the room. That's the stage. I'm just like this. And there's just like a rinky dink PA that they want me to do. They're like, we don't know how to hook this up. Do you know how to do, work your own sound? I'm like, I guess. And just everyone in front of me was eating buffalo wings and wasted. And there were like 25 TVs. God, I was like, I, like can we turn a TV off? <laughs> like, why am I here? I've done a lot of those gigs too. Um, that I, I, you did pr- brought me back like sports bars and checking into like a holiday inn that has like a bar in the yes. lobby of it. And it's, there's like a checkered floor and people are watching like NASCAR on the TV. People are playing pool and then they turn off the, then they would turn off the TVs and start the comedy show and everyone's so upset about it. Um, yeah, God, I did like, some sorry. fucking. <laughs> yeah. I just have to remember, I'm feeling so much anxiety going into these shows. And I just have to remember that like, even if I got up there and just like, made fart sounds and like 
danced poorly, which is all I know how to do. Like just did a jig. People would be like, oh, there's, I have a stage presence, which comes with 17 years of doing this that speaks for itself. Cause I'm really feeling like, what am I going to say up there? I mean, I did a show last night and it was fine, but I'm still like just having this um, dumb, um, you know, uh, what's it called? The, the imposter syndrome, which is so insane. But I really, and I was talking to Ian Fidance today and he's having it too. I feel like everyone's having it. Oh, totally. Cause you're not around your regular crew and you're not in your regular routine of like multiple shows a night, hanging out with comics. There's everybody's saying they feel dumber right now. And I know that to be true. I'm not even a comic, but just because I'm not regularly engaged on either like radio or podcast or like performing it's hard to stay sharp. Yes. That's why these are so fun to do. It is hard to stay sharp. And that's why I'm like really reluctant about, well, I quit smoking pot a week ago. Well, two weeks, I, t- I went 14 days without it. Yeah. And then I smoked right after I did Joe Rogan because I was like so anxious about it. And I was waiting to hear a response from him, which by the way, I sent him a text the other day because he said that I, my COVID test came back negative because I took a COVID test at his show and he wrote oh. me came back negative. And, uh, and I wrote back, what did he write? He wrote, uh, you're COVID free, my friend, and sent me the thing. And I go, hell yes, uh, let me know the herpes results when they come in. And he <laughs> never wrote back to it. <laughs> but uh, but I, I don't care at all. Like he, was, he probably just saw it and then it just got buried, which is how most text exchange, exchanges go. But um, I was so nervous that he didn't write back after I had done his show. And there was like some things I said on it that was like, oh my God, what, what did I say? That I like, I took one hit when I went to, then I went to go do Andrew Santino's show. And that was like fucking great. Cause I was like feeling energetic from smoking weed, which always makes me feel very, very talkative and friendly and fun and funnier than I am if I don't. But then my fucking brain start, like I can't remember things and I lose my train of thought and then I can start to suffer. So I, I so I smoked pot there and then I went to dinner with David Spade and Kyle Dunnigan and Kyle Dunnigan picked me up at Andrew Santino's podcast and I told Kyle to bring a pen a weed pen (laughs) and he did and then I sucked off that thing a bit and then I went to dinner and then I and then so I I had one day where I slipped and then I went back and it's been a week and a day since then and I haven't smoked again and I feel pretty good about it but god have I wanted to recently a couple times I've really wanted to reach for it and my therapist is always like, just do like, this is not the time to be like quitting a thing that you love doing, but I just don't want to fuck up my memory. I just, I can't risk it. And I want to just listening to my set back in February or March. I'm like, oh, I sound like I've been smoking a lot of weed. Like I'm just like rambly and not that I'm not feeling that way right now, like cloudy thinking my voice sounded really hoarse right now. My voice is feeling really strong. I think singing is making me like not want to smoke weed because I just want to be able to hit these fucking notes well i just sent my I, I just so i have a neurologist that i went to see for my add test oh yeah what happened with that i'm getting the results tomorrow i'm okay. gonna be on the road like backstage on telehealth like finding <laughs> out if i get to be add or not so i want it so bad i just found a report card in my baby book from my third grade baby book and it says I mean, this is like, I'm, I had no idea. My parents filled out a form to like talk about what I was like when I was in, when I was little to help them diagnose me. And they were, I showed this to my dad last night and he goes, I don't remember that being 
what you were like at all. And I'm like, you, you gave the doctor like this glowy, probably like, um, review of how I was such a hardworking child and I got perfect grades and I didn't struggle with anything because that's the way your parents want to see you and want to remember that you were, because if you aren't, then it reflects on them. So I'm sure my parents send in like, just that I'm fine and it's going to fuck up my results and I'm going to be so goddamn pissed at them. Wait, so is this thing from third grade something your parents wrote? Were you diagnosed in third grade? No, this is a report card I got in third grade. So this was about Nikki continues to work very hard in school. She realizes that often she forgets to turn in her work. Her goal for fourth quarter is to make sure that, quote, my work is completed. Nikki will be able to reach her goal if she takes one subject at a time. Hello. Then all of us have ADD because that's exa- that's what third graders do. They forget they have homework. I remember being in freshman year of high school and I was sobbing to my dad about civil, civil, no, I guess like right. world history. <laughs> <laughs> about world history class. You should have been and, sobbing uh, about civil rights. If we, if we actually learned what was actually going on the way they should. Yeah, I'm like, why didn't they the tell me truth? about Tulsa? <laughs> yeah, they really would have... Um, educated us instead of being like yeah some people there's Martin Luther King and he made it all right and everything's fine everyone's equal uh yeah, everyone's next let's learn about dinosaurs um okay I so I remember telling my dad I have this paper due tomorrow and I have to read four chapters and four chapters equals like 60 pages and he's like what have you been doing I'm like I don't know I have seven other subjects I'm taking at once like I can't do all this shit together and he was like you're 13, 14 years old or whatever I was freshman year, you gotta, you gotta figure this out. And he helped me. But I remember like this very pivotal moment where I realized I'm not completing my assignments on time and I'm not good at planning. I just, I kept Maybe being surprised. Maybe I do. But I read that and I thought that's a girl that's struggling with ADD and no one's helping her. Yeah. But they probably overload kids. Like, especially now, have you ever seen like a was third grade? I was struggling with balancing my third grade workload. Third grade. That's not high school. I think you got to be gentler on yourself. I want a diagnosis. So you're talking me out of it and I don't appreciate it. I'm sure you have ADD too, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if you had ADHD or ADD at all. Because you can do many things well at the same time. Isn't that what people with ADD do? Yeah. Well, they They manage. They find a way to manage for sure. Yeah. And I got this book... um, this feeling but good workbook by oh, David cool. Burns and it's for cognitive behavioral therapy and I'm going to start filling it out and see how that goes it's I'm just trying anything thousand pages in it it's literally yeah it's 800 <laughs> pages it's it's oh a tome, and I haven't started it yet but I'm gonna get into it um yeah I I um yeah I'm feeling I'm feeling hopeful but this tour is fucking stressing me out you know but what are you gonna do I'm gonna be fine That's so much going so, on it's gonna be so fun you're yeah. gonna, and luckily it's only three, three nights. Yes. And it'll be probably really fun to connect with people and like, it's a service. So many people want to laugh and it's going to be, these are big shows. People are going to come out. My sister went to a drive-in uh, movie the other day and was just like, it felt so good to just get out of the house and do something fun. I know. Yeah. Really. I can just do anything on stage and people will be happy. But uh, I, I have this reel made of like all of my accomplishments and it's so good and it just shows all the tv shows i've done and all the things and it's like it it's just to remind people like this is why you bought a ticket you're about to see a girl who's like not feeling good about herself and has lived with her parents for six months but this is what she once was 
<laughs> and it just shows your third grade report card <laughs> in the very beginning. The last this is how she began, and this is where she's come. How far <laughs> she's come. It opens with um, Blake Griffin saying, "I look like Larry Bird," and and then it goes from there, and it's really funny. But oh my God. it's gonna be so fun. I think we're gonna try and come see you in Connecticut. Okay, good. I can't wait. I hope I see a lot of people from the show that are listening um, this weekend. Thank you so much for listening this week. I'm going to be back next week uh, with more podcasts for you. Thank you, Anya Marina, for joining me today. Um, romantic updates? Um, you know, you masturbated? No, I haven't actually masturbated in a really long time. Um, I'm trying to think of the last time. It was definitely before. Oh, it was in LA, probably, was the last time because. Um, a cute boy reached out to me. Oh yeah, a guy is supposed to be coming to see me in New Jersey. Whoa. Oh yeah. Yeah. And are you and, looking forward to it? Well, I I put out a really hot picture of myself the other day that from this photo shoot I did. And he immediately followed up with like, you're so hot. And I go, and he had already said like, maybe I'm coming to the shows in New Jersey. And I was like, okay, cool. And then he goes, you're so hot. And I go, come to New Jersey on Friday. And he was like, let me, let me pull it up. Let's see what he said. He was like, I'm so there or something. You're so fucking hot, he says. I said, come to New Jersey next week. And he said, I'm going to. No wow. work and it's tomorrow night. So not counting on it. Although I was supposed to share a hotel room with my dad and I got a separate hotel room <laughs> just in case. <laughs> yes, that's good. You're prepared. Yeah. I'm going to be so, so fucking busy if I paid an extra $270 when I could really just split a room with my dad, which I have no problem doing. And, and I just, there. I'm going to be very, but this is the par for the course of this guy. I can't count on anything with him, but it's still, it's still, it could, maybe it'll happen. I don't even that know. That sounds promising. I like that you have a crush though, still. Yeah, I'll always have, I always have a little crushy poo on, on this dude. And then there's, um, I'm trying to think if there's anyone else. Yeah, there's this guy from Raya who wants to connect and uh, wants to have a FaceTime date. Really mm-hmm. don't have any interest. Try and... Still, I talked about my ex-boyfriend on um, Rogan last week, and he got like a million messages from his friends being like, go over and have sex with her. What are you doing? Because I talked about on Rogan how he won't have sex with me. And right. Rogan was like, why? And I'm like, um, I think he like respects me or something. Like he doesn't want to like hurt me. And he's like, oh, it sounds like a good guy. And um, yeah, so I saw him yesterday and he was, we were laughing about it, but we really won't talk about like it, you know, what I said or what, cause he doesn't, he didn't listen to it, but, and then I went on this other radio station right next door to his. And then they were like, we work with the guy you were talking about on Rogan. Like I was listening to your episode of on Rogan. And then he drove past me in the parking lot as I was listening to you talk about him. And it was so weird. I'm like, yeah, it's, we don't even talk about how I talk about him on Rogan. It doesn't even, it's so weird. Um, I wonder what will happen with this. We need to have like, well, I'm selling reality shows. So I'm waiting for anything to happen. I'm really am waiting. I'm going to like tell him, I'm going to have a talk. Finale. Yeah. I'm going to have a talk with him eventually. Cause it needs to be said of like, what is this? Like eventually. Do you remember dating a guy that pitched you on a dating show about, and he shall remain nameless. Yes. Different guy. <laughs> I mean, he pitched you on like, let's date on a Netflix show. <laughs> Yeah. And I remember being so offended by that. And you were so pumped. Warning. You're like, you're like, this is exactly the kind of guy I want. Yeah. I, I love falling in love on t- like <laughs> the idea of cameras being there. I don't want to actually like have to be alone with a guy and not perf- this. I mean, that's what I, it just makes it all so much easier to, to be alone with someone and have like be vulnerable because they can't 
rape you if there's a camera there. <laughs> I was writing about my fear of being alone with men. And it really stems from my first kiss of being like attacked. And then when I pushed him off me, he was so mad at me that he drove me home like drunk. Cause he went off and started like getting wasted. Cause I pushed him off and he ran to his, you know, parents kitchen and started just like downing everything while I was just sitting there watching Letterman trying to process what had just happened. And, and I felt like it was my fault because I had said, I like you. Cause he, he was like, I like you. We were watching TV and I was like, I like you too. And he was like, do you want to go on a date sometime? And I was like, yeah. And then he leapt across the room, attacked my face. Oh my God. He was so mad at me, drove me home, drove off before I was out of this car. I fell on the ground. Oh my God. This is so horrible. And so, and I'm not really scared of like men actually raping me or like hurting me when I turn them down, but I'm scared of them being mad at me and then lashing out and being like, because that guy has since followed up years later and has called me and left vicious voicemails for me being like, you'll never be like Sarah Silverman. You're not funny at all. Fuck you. Like these really, I mean, he's an insane person, but like that, I think that is my fear of like, and just like hanging out with a guy and then not really liking, like if, if a guy I'm ambivalent about and I go on a date with him, then he is going to think that that means that I like, like him and I want to get married to him. And then what if I just don't want to? I mean, I've talked about this extensively. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Because it's just deep, it's deep trauma, probably. And Hmm. it's really hard to get rid of trauma. You just have to process it and like talk it out more with a professional probably. But yeah, that totally makes sense why you would hate, why you'd be afraid. So many guys that have fallen for me because I've let them in a little bit, made out with them one time, maybe took off my top with them and they become... They like me so much and then I don't like them and then they hate me and they, I just feel their anger when I walk into a room that they've been in, in the past week. Like I just, it's, it's palpable. And I'm, I mean, I've done that to guys too, that have rejected me. So I think maybe I I give it as much as I'm scared of receiving it, but I don't know how girls are just not scared of that. Yeah. Probably because they haven't experienced that 180 of, I like you. And then all of a sudden, like, I'm going to mouth rape you. And then I'm going to be ashamed and angry at you and violent toward you. Yeah, maybe that's it. But then there are a lot of girls that have experienced a lot worse than that. And they're able to have relationships. It's not that I'm not open to them. I do like guys, but there are always guys that I'm like, I know that I'm not going to flip flop on this one. Like I am in, but when I'm on the fence about someone, mm, I don't really, I don't even like to take a risk. Like, going on a date because what if I change my mind and then they they're gonna fucking hate me and drive off and makes sense why you'd have that fear it does I I get the fear of like I don't want to disappoint them but it's not I don't want to I don't want to like make them angry because I don't think I've ever had a guy get angry at me well it's that classic thing of like a guy being like hey baby and you go ew and they're like oh you're fucking fat anyway you piece of shit that's my fear is that retaliation that um happens when guys feel sexually rejected like, I just don't want anyone to be like, you're lucky I even wanted to fuck you, Nikki. You're gross. You're this and this and this. And then they give me a laundry list of all the reasons that they like had to overcome even like trying to like think about fucking me. How many guys have you dated that are actually good guys? A lot. I mean, a lot. I've made some really good choices. My ex-boyfriend, the one before that, the, the white rapper was really sweet, even though, you know, that didn't end well, but he was just such a nice guy. Um, I think most of them, none of these guys, no one has done this. 
This the white rapper did write a mean thing though. Yeah, and then another guy I dated, I remember I broke up with him and he just called me and was like, you do this to guys, like you do this. Oh, you get yeah. them to like you and then you dump them and you break their hearts, you do this. This is a thing, this is a sick joy you get. And I was like, oh, what the fuck? I'm so fucked up. Is what? This- yes, yes. Oh, yeah. That was it. Yeah, I could see why you'd be averse. I mean, it's not fun getting yelled at and, you know, Balled out. Is that a thing anyone says? My parents always say that. Don't ball me. <laughs> That's so funny. That's like when my parents get high and they say, I got off on that edible. And I'm just like, oh God, don't say it. Like Gross. <laughs> my parents always say about getting drunk or getting tipsy, they always go, oh, we're just getting a little high on wine. I'm like, it's not getting high. But I mean, it kind of is. I, that's probably like actually a more accurate more way accurate. of saying it. God, I tipsy. I'm sorry. I'm triggering you. Well, um, I think what you, it sounds like you need a guy that's super understanding and kind. And if you do change your mind, he's going to be like, that's fine. We can be friends or whatever. Like someone who's really patient with you. Patience is the key. Like there is, and, but there have been some really kind guys that I've just been like, like a guy wrote me today. <sighs> Let me share this. A guy wrote me today, it's, it stressed me out. Hi, Nikki. Okay, you already know my attraction for you, so here I'm just going to take a shot here. This is a guy that like I do his radio sometimes. I see that you are coming east this weekend for a gig. Whenever you are headed after that, how about you take a quick detour to blank and meet up with me? I'll pay for your plane ticket in and wherever you're, you are headed next. We can do Philly or we can do blank, go to my blank beach house and chill for a day, whatever. What do you have to lose? I understand you know nothing about me more than a few times I've interviewed you on my show, but I really think we'd connect. Give me your email and I'll write you my entire personal history. I'm normal and I'm professionally and financially accomplished. If it doesn't work, then it would be another life experience. Excuse me. What? Excuse me, sir. Why, Why are you telling me what to do and bossing me around and telling me to spend the night at your beach house? I don't even fucking know you. And I wrote back, hi, I'm not looking for a relationship right now. Um, sorry, blank. I won't have time and I'm not really looking for a relationship right now, but thank you for this. It means a lot. I mean, I'm just trying to be nice. No, 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 no. Well, I will answer these DMs for you. What would you have said to that guy? Nothing. Really? Yes, really. He doesn't deserve a response. Who is this person? He knows you for Guys do this all the time, Anya. They like- You're a celebrity. They they act like they know me more than anyone else and they feel this connection with me and they just really try to sell me on on, on themselves and they give me this whole spiel about what are you scared of? What do you have to lose? You're just scared. This is abusive. You're a celebrity and also you're, even if you weren't a celebrity, nobody owes anybody a response just because there's accessibility. He wrote back, I'm not looking for a relationship either. Okay, well then what the fuck is this? Yeah, he wants you to sleep over at his- I just want to meet you because I sense we'd have an interesting connection, but I get you. No more. This is- Stop. Because this Blocked. (laughs) Blocked. I'm blocking these people from now on. I'm not coming back. Okay, good. But it never ends. Like the, the, I, I, I don't have a lack of guys throwing themselves at me. That is not, that is not my problem. 
My problem you is somebody vetted by good friends and or a celebrity dating app or something. Or you just my need God, to meet my new celebrity crush that I didn't um, tell who anyone who it was. Only one person guessed it right. I'm writing it to you now in the chat. Okay, I can't wait. Oh. Okay, okay so That's Noah, Noah and I are trying to come up with a good DM for me to slide in. And she came up with a good one, I think. And I think I'm going to try it. But I... But I also just want to ha- not be living with my parents when I slide into this guy's DMs. Are you Googling Wait. Yeah. How did you, how did you hear he liked you? He doesn't like me. I just oh. saw him on a thing and I really like him. I'm, I'm what this guy is to me, to this guy of being like, I think we'd have a great connection. <laughs> my cabin house. Yeah. This, this guy does not, he's just gonna be this guy knows who I am for sure because he is, he's a fan of shows yeah. I've been on. Right. So He's you know, it's not handsome. like crazy to think, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what it's like to do. I have nothing to lose. Pitt thing. Aniston and Pitt had their managers introduce them. Yeah, that's a good idea. Okay, maybe I'll do that. Yeah. All right. Or I could just slide into his DMs and just take a chance, even though I know he's getting a ton. Who knows? It just, I think if you like somebody, you should try. And going through the managers can't be bad. People do that. Oh my God, have you watched Indian Matchmaker or whatever? It's no, called? but I've heard about that. It's yeah. So, so good. good. I watched the whole thing in a day and um, it really makes you realize like there is something we're missing in this culture. Like there's something to having people that care about you and know you kind of vet people and weigh in and suggest. Yes. I think there's something so special about that because clearly I don't see myself the way other people see me. And I make decisions all the time that I don't, that are not the best for me. And I rely so much on my friends to like interpret my life to help me like see myself, like not be, you know, I, I call up you and you remind me of all my great qualities and like reasons why I shouldn't feel the way I'm feeling. And you were, you could, you know, I'm body, I'm body and career and uh, personality dysmorphic sometimes. So like, why wouldn't I trust you to set me up more than me who thinks I'm shit? Yes. Please don't respond to any, no offense to any fans who are listening, but Nikki's very famous and she doesn't need to be your friend. You can just have a back and forth chat about like, thank you so much. That was like, you don't owe anybody a DM. Hundreds. I Hundreds am extreme. Yeah, but I am. I am an artist. I'm not even famous, but I have a tiny modicum of fame. I write to other celebrities once in a while. I never in a million years think that they would write me back. I know, but then why do you like, do it? Because I just want them. Like I, I'll laugh at something, or I just I think it's like or whatever. Like Heather McMahon, we interviewed her on your show. You had her on as a guest on You Up. I follow her. I think she's funny, but I don't consider her friends, but I'll write back to her once in a while and she'll write me back. And it's like, oh, I'm always surprised, Mm -hmm. but I never would have the entitlement to think like this person owes me a response. And I even know her and I've spent an hour with her. So I don't understand how, I guess what I'm telling you is don't feel bad about not writing back to people. Everybody who writes to a celebrity knows there's a very, very, very small chance they would ever even see it, much less write back. All right. Thank you for that. Did you hear her <laughs> guys? I mean, I, I wish I could, I, I should have you just look through my DMS at some point and see the insanity, like men writing pages and pages of stuff. And okay. I let them in once, like sometimes they'll just compliment me and I'll be like, thanks. And then it's just pay, page up paragraph after paragraph. And then if I write, if I write back the stuff, the guy the other night was like, Oh, I see you really dropped off and like starts getting an attitude with yeah, me. They so think I don't have a relationship. To write 
you back. Look at how much you've written. I'm getting hundreds of these. If I read all of these and wrote back to them, I would not be able to do anything with my life. Here's your homework. Try not to even like a response from a man who you might be anything, like just nothing. Okay. I feel people bad know, though. When people, people know you've effort. read it. Why? No, they don't. They don't in the requests. So what? Like you don't owe anybody. You're, you're busy. Well, then they write back. I can't believe you wrote back. That means so much to me. And then I have to like that. And then they keep no, going. No, you don't. It really is never ending. Okay, good. Okay, that's my homework and I will do it even though I'll probably okay. won't turn it in complete if it's-, if it's Do you really think it's going to affect your fame? No, but I do believe that if you have a personal interaction, even via DMs with a celebrity, you will always support that person the rest of your life. Dane Cook taught me that. Like, okay, so that's show, where this stems from. Fans. And if you, and I appreciate them. Like, I know what it takes to write out a paragraph that you proofread to make it perfect. It's like, takes like a half hour sometimes probably to, for these yeah, guys. Yeah, but if, if Taylor Swift was constantly liking your shit and responding to, th like, if you were DMing her, A, all the time, A, that would be insane. B, you know, you guys have had an interaction, a public interaction, and she acknowledged I would you. never dream of DMing her. Thank you. I would never dream of it. And because so many people were like, you should follow up. Didn't even think about doing it because right. even though she wrote to me on Instagram and we had a public interaction, no, I, I don't, who am I? She's busy enough. Right. And I'm not Taylor Swift, but God knows I want to be. <laughs> <laughs> I just know, you know, like people, it, I, let me ask you this. If you ever DM'd her something yeah. and she didn't write back or didn't like it, would you honestly think less of her? No, but I would be a little bit bummed. That's okay. And that's why I would never do it. But she already acknowledged you. Like, you know what I mean? That's why I would never ask for anything more. If a fan comes to your show and you're on stage and you're like, thank you guys so much for coming. That's enough of a thank you. People keep asking me, Hey, after your show, can we have a, can I meet you? Can I give like, and I just feel like now that I'm saying no, they're going to like be, they're not going to like me anymore. And they're going to not want to, they're going to think the show sucks now. And I have to give them more. And it's just like, it's just never enough. So you're right. Okay. That's good homework. I got to go. Thank you so much for being here, Anya. You're the best. Thank you. No is how we build self-esteem. Really? That's what I heard the other day. Yes, I, I learned that the other day. No, oh, well, Taylor Swift's new song, she opens her album. She's like, I'm feeling good. I'm on some new shit. Been saying yes and said no. I thought I saw you at the bus stop. I didn't though. And she said, and I was like, fuck, she's been saying yes instead of no. God, I was like just getting into saying no. And now I got to <laughs> pull a Swift and start saying yes more. She's not saying yes to the guy who DMs 17 times. He goes, I see you're such a bitch because I guess this conversation turned. Well, that's when I like <laughs> block. I mean, I'm fine blocking. Yeah. Before that, it's just very chatty. And then I feel like I'm really letting them down because a lot of them are like sharing their mental health with me. And it's really grisly stuff that they've never told anyone. And that's, it's just too much, Anya. It's just too much. I want, I, I wish they would cancel Instagram like they did TikTok or they're going <laughs> TikTok. I really wish. I wish something. That would be amazing. If my life didn't have Instagram, I would be upset because I rely on it so much for entertainment. But what, what, how much freedom I could have? God. Seriously, take it now, girl. Take it now. Okay. I don't, I don't know what, what that means. Take your freedom. Oh, yeah. Now. Take my freedom now. Okay. <laughs> well, I got to go because I, gotta, I haven't been on Instagram in an hour since we've been recording. Okay. I love really you. Feeling the shakes. All right. Uh, thanks for listening, you guys. Uh, see you this weekend at shows, maybe, but not beyond me being on stage because I have boundaries now. Squirt, squirt. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
This has been a Comedy Central podcast.